Isn't that a blessing and encouragement? And uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate that message uh, there in song. And Lord is Lord is so good. And uh, Luke and Eileen sure is good to have you guys back home here with us and to be with us and have uh, missed you guys much. And uh, Let's turn to Revelation chapter 4 here this evening, and uh, when we get to this passage of Scripture, you're going to truly be saying, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. Thank you for the salvation, the gift that you've given, as we read here, uh, such an important uh, section here this, this morning. Would you stand with me, Revelation chapter 4, and we're going to be preaching here this morning on what we know as the rapture. Uh, I believe the next major event to take place. You see God's uh, timetable here in the book of Revelation. We believe the book of Revelation is a prophetic book. And we see this section such a beautiful picture of this coming event, I believe, very, very soon. Uh, let's pick up here, Revelation chapter 4. And uh, we're going to read just the first portion of this chapter. This is an amazing chapter, chapters 4 and chapter 5. And we're going to be preaching through these chapters the next couple of weeks. And uh, again, you'll say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood uh, when you see what lies ahead for those that are truly saved. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he that was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And where we are coming is to the throne of the Lord, to the throne, and we see here the Lord Jesus Christ, high and lifted up and exalted, a name above all names, that at that name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess him uh, to be Lord. We're going to focus this morning upon the rapture, such an important future event that we long for and look forward to. And I find myself looking forward to this event more and more all the time as I see what's happening in our world today. You'll join me this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning already. You've been so good to us. You've met with us. Your presence has been here. And Lord, we need you. We don't want to just play church and go through emotions, but Lord, we we want to come into your presence and we want to worship you. We want to adore you. We want to, uh, Lord, just as we see John standing before that throne, Lord, we want to stand before you this morning and we want to adore you for who you are. And Lord, I pray here this morning that you would make very clear uh, this teaching in the Word of God, that you would be our teacher this morning. There's a lot of confusion in our world today about this coming event. There's a lot of misunderstanding. And I pray by your Word, by your Spirit, you would clarify that today. Help us to see what an exciting uh, destiny awaits those that truly know you as Savior. Uh, Lord, we give this time to you. We're grateful. You know every heart. Would you minister at the point of need? Lord, there's somebody here today. They need to get settled a relationship with you. And I pray that you would draw by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated this morning. And as we have mentioned, we're going to be dealing with one of the most exciting events in the word of God. It is the rapture. Now, Jesus promised to his disciples uh, just prior to the crucifixion in the gospel of John chapter 14. He said, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. That's the promise of Jesus Christ. 
and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And we know that Jesus, as he ministered after the crucifixion, uh, after the resurrection, he was with his disciples for 40 days. And there in, those, uh, time, in that time frame, he taught the disciples. And then we know the day came that he ascended up into heaven. And again, angels spoke unto the disciples as they watched Jesus ascend into heaven. Said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taking up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now that speaks, we believe, of the rapture. The term rapture, by the way, is not in the Bible. However, the principle of the rapture is in the Bible. Uh, rapture means the catching away, uh, a term that is used in the Webster's 1828 Dictionary. It's carrying of a person to another place or sphere of existence. And so that principle of the rapture is very clear in the Word of God. At the rapture, Jesus Christ will come back for His saints. Now, we believe the second coming of Jesus is going to be in two phases. Uh, the first phase will be the rapture when He comes for His saints. The second time or coming will be in Revelation 19 when He comes with His saints at the end of the tribulation. So the distinction, the rapture, He's coming for His saints in the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ that we read about this morning in Sunday school, he's coming back with his saints. And there's that distinction in the Word of God. Now I want to, to gain the context here because we believe the book of Revelation is a prophetic book. And here in Revelation chapter 4, we have a beautiful picture of the rapture. And I want you to get the context here. Verse number 1, uh, we read, After this, after this. After what? Revelation chapters 2 and 3. After this. After the church age. Revelation 2 and 3, we have the seven churches of Asia. As we spoke and preached through this section of Scripture, we believe these were literal churches, just like Valley Bible Baptist Church. But we also believe these were representative churches of the church age, taking us through the Laodicean church age. And after this, the church age, after the day of grace, after this day in which you and I now live, after this day, this church age is coming to an end. And from this point in the book of Revelation, there's no more mention of church until we get to Revelation 22 and verse number 16. And in that statement, I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. That's the final book of uh, our chapter of the book of Revelation. And it's the message that the, the book of Revelation is for the churches. And that's what it's been given for you and I today. Now the end of the church age becomes clear as we examine the last four churches that are mentioned in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. I want you to go back with me to Revelation 2 and verse number 22. We have here the church of Thyatira, and this was the divided church. And we find in this church a group of folk that followed the teachings of Jezebel. It's very evident that within this church there were lost folk. In verse number 22, uh, speaking of this Jezebel and this false teacher, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her. And notice the statement, into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. 
Now, the unsaved of this church age will miss the rapture. And then you go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 25. Uh, those that were saved, but that which ye have already, hold fast until I come. And he that overcometh is a picture of those that know Jesus Christ who have been born again. They're overcomers and keepeth my works to the end. To him will I give power over the nations. And so this message to the church of Thyatira, to the lost of that church, uh, they would enter into the great tribulation. Now go to uh, the next church, Revelation chapter 3. And we have here the church of Sardis. We call this the dead church. And it's evident that there will be remnants or types of these churches all the way until the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 3, uh, we have here the lost church, uh, many dead uh, lost church members, uh, the dead church. He says to this church, remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. And I believe in the Bible, this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ as a thief is the picture of the rapture. We're going to see that a little bit later here this morning. And so that day in which we live, this day of grace, it's coming to an end, the rapture taking place. Now go to the church at Philadelphia, Revelation chapter 3 and verse number 10. And to this church, and here was the church of the open door. Here's a church that loved the Lord and was faithful in serving the Lord. He says in verse number 10, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And I believe this speaks of that coming tribulation. Then he says in verse 11, Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He's speaking to this church and most of the members saved in that church. And he says, I come quickly. Quickly. Now we go to the lukewarm church of Laodicea, Revelation 3, verse number 20. Notice what he says to this church. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And here Jesus is on the outside. He's knocking to come in. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him, sup with him, he with me, to him that overcometh. And these are the ones that are born again. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as also I overcame and sat down with my father in his throne? And we've read about that throne. Now, as we look at those, those four churches, those letters, we come in that context to Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 1. And he says, after this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. The end of the church age, Jesus comes back for his saints. Now when we read through Revelation chapters 4 and 5, we find the saints in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ worshiping around the throne of the Lord. So what we believe is that Jesus is coming back for his saints. It will bring an end to the church age. And his saints will be in heaven with him, worshiping around his throne. We'll come to the uh, judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ in the future. An important future event that if you're saved, you're going to stand before that judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then beginning after the rapture, we have in Revelation chapter 6 through 18, the tribulation. And the tribulation will be God's final seven years in dealing with Israel. 
And all that will be left behind, all that do not know the Lord, all that are not born again, will be left behind to enter into those years of the tribulation. And when we come to those events in the Bible, you're going to find those are the most horrible events this world has ever known. Uh, at the tribulation, there will be the rise of an antichrist. There will be a world government. That's what is being prepared for us today through the COVID and through the climate warming and through the turmoil of our world. We're preparing for a world government. There will be a world church. And during this time, there will be the mark of the beast. And no man can buy or sell except he have the mark of the beast. And we find through the time of the tribulation, uh, over half of the world's population will be destroyed. And finally, the tribulation will end in the battle of Armageddon where all of the armies of the world and nations of the world gathered together. Uh, and Jesus Christ at that point with his saints will return back from heaven and he will bring an end to it all. So we're witnessing the preparation for these events now. And I think for us it indicates that the rapture may be very, very, very soon. I think it's the next major event. I think here soon the news media, uh, if they tell the truth about it, uh, will tell suddenly there are multitudes of people that went missing. And uh, they will have all sorts of explanations as to what happened. Where did all those people go? Uh, what happened to them? Uh, how did they disappear? Uh, that's the coming rapture. Now the rapture is promised here in chapter 4, verse number 1. He says, after this, after the church age, after this I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. Uh, picturing the future event that God will take his saints into heaven with him. And the first voice which I heard was that we're of a trumpet talking with me. We're going to look at two other passages this morning in light of the rapture that show this trumpet. Uh, and then in each case, the trumpet uh, taking place, the trumpet sounding. And John the Apostle was called to heaven. It's the picture of the future event that happens for you and I. Uh, this trumpet called to John. This trumpet said to John, come up hither. I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And then John entered into the presence of the Lord Jesus. Again, read verse number 2 of chapter 4. He says, immediately I was in the spirit and behold a throne was set in heaven. One sat on the throne, he that sat was to look upon like a jasper, a sardine stone. There was a rainbow round about the throne in the sight like unto an emerald. And here uh, John is ushered to that throne, to the presence of Jesus Christ. Now we're going to examine a lot of scripture here this morning. So I want you to get your Bibles going. And let's begin by going back to the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 today, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And here we have the rapture is promised. If you look at the book of 1 Thessalonians, every chapter of 1 Thessalonians, all five chapters, make mention of this coming rapture. And we have in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse number 13. And here Paul is writing to this church of Thessalonica, He's answering the question, what happened to save people who died before Jesus returned? And Paul answers, I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. 
So the Bible tells us that those who have died, who know the Lord Jesus Christ, their soul goes immediately to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can read about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He said, For this we say unto you, in verse 15, by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and here we go, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and that's what John heard, that voice that called as a trumpet, come up hither, the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. He says, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Oh, what a future event. What a marvelous event where the rapture will take place. The dead in Christ will rise, resurrected, uh, resurrection bodies. Then we which are alive, caught up together to meet them in the air. Happy reunion with the Lord Jesus Christ as Jesus comes back for his saints. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Here's another promise of the rapture. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. We call this the resurrection chapter of the Bible. We go to the end of this chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 51. Here Paul says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment... In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on uh, incorruption, this mortal shall put on immorality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? This speaks again of that coming rapture when the dead in Christ will rise. They'll be given again resurrection bodies. Then we which are alive will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air and we will be changed. Some of you have had surgery in the past and they put some maybe some screws into your body and now when it gets cold you get a little bit sore and you're going to leave behind a little pile of screws whenever the Lord comes back for you. You're going to leave that all behind and all of those pains and all of those aches you're going to be changed in just a moment of time as you are ushered into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one thing that blesses me and I think the, hurt, the thing that hurts me so much as a Christian is I fail the Lord. But when my Jesus comes back for me, I'll be taken into his presence. I'll never fail him again. I'll never sin again. I'll never have a wrong thought again. I'll never say a wrong word again. I'll be in the presence of the, Jesus, of the Lord Jesus. I'll be changed, incorruptible at that point. That's the promise of the rapture. The rapture promised to us. Now, you'll find throughout the Word of God, the rapture is pictured. The rapture is illustrated. And I'll give you a few pictures. There are several Old Testament pictures of this rapture. Go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. This is the faith chapter of the Bible. And uh, we find here the picture of the rapture through a man named Enoch. Uh, Enoch in... Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 5. And it reads, by faith, Enoch was translated. That's an important word right there. It's the same thought and same term as the word rapture. He was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him 
God raptured him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. The word translation means the act of removing or conveying from one place to another place. It's the removal of a person to heaven without subjecting him to death. And so we believe that Enoch never died. I want you to go back with me to the book of Genesis chapter 5. And in Genesis chapter 5, you can see clearly this is set forth. Enoch became a type or a picture of the coming rapture. In Genesis chapter 5, verse number 22. Uh, well, we'll begin at verse 21. And Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat, begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years and begat sons and daughters. But you'll notice here uh, in verse number 23, And all the days of Enoch were 360 and 5 years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. That's the translation. See, Enoch, if you know the background, he walked with God in a wicked world. He lived in the pre-flood days, and if you go to the time of Noah, you'll find that the wickedness of the world had grown to the point that God uh, regretted or God was grieved at the sin of mankind. And so the Bible says of Enoch, he's walking with God, and one day it's as if he's walking with God and it's almost like God said, Enoch, you're closer to me than you are to the world. Why don't you just come on up and be with me? And he crossed over. He was translated. He was taken from this life directly into heaven without death. And it will be such at the rapture for those that are saved. All the living saved will be translated and ushered into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful picture in the Old Testament. Now there's another picture that's given. And that picture is in the life of Noah. The story of Noah is told in the book of Genesis chapter 6 through 8. See the world of Noah was wicked, it grieved God. But we read of Noah, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And God said one day to Noah, Noah I want you to build me an ark. And God gave the dimensions of that ark. And the Bible tells us that Noah, as he's preparing that ark, he preached to his generation for 120 years. And his generation rejected his message. And then the day came, God said, Noah and your family, I want you to enter into the ark. And God called Noah into that ark. And then God closed the door and brought judgment upon the world. It's a picture of what's about to happen. See, God's going to call His children up hither, and then the judgment of God is going to come upon a world that has rejected Jesus Christ. Uh, turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter 24. And I believe Matthew 24 describes this event for us, this coming event in the context of Noah. In Matthew, chapter 24, verse 36... I've been asked the question, Pastor, do you have any predictions as to when the rapture is going to take place? I'm going to answer that in verse 36, Matthew 24. No, I don't have any predictions. But of the day and the hour knoweth no man. No, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of Noah that were before the flood... They were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. 
and knew not until the flood came uh, and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Uh, it's a beautiful illustration. Noah called into the ark, and then judgment came upon the remaining world. And the Bible tells there's coming a day the trumpet's going to be sounding, and those that are saved are going to go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. One taken, another left. If that happened here this morning, uh, in this audience, the trumpet sounded. Those that are saved would go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, those that are not saved would be left behind and would enter into the time of judgment or the time of tribulation. Now, there's a third illustration, and that is that of Lot. His story is told in Genesis chapter 19. Now, it's hard to believe this, but Lot was a saved man. Yet backslidden, he knew the Lord. We read that in Peter, that Lot is, I believe, in heaven today. Lot lived in a wicked city, the city of Sodom. And we know that God judged that city, but before doing so, God removed Lot out of that city. Once Lot was removed from the city, fire and brimstone fell upon that city. That city was judged, and even going to the Dead Sea with my wife as we entered or went to Israel. You can see the remnants of that judgment as God judged that region of the world and Sodom and the judgment upon Gomorrah. And that's a judgment that's coming upon our world. God removed his child and then brought judgment. And that's the rapture, God's children removed, and then the tribulation, the judgment of God. See, God is soon to judge this world in the great tribulation, but before so, doing so, his children will be removed, the rapture. That's the rapture illustrated or pictured for us in the Word of God. Now, here's where I think it's so very important. I want to look at the rapture prepared for and expected. Now, the Bible teaches that this is an imminent event. No man knows the day nor the hour. We don't know when it's going to happen. We know it is going to happen. But here the Bible tells us we need to be prepared and ready at all times. The saved should live in expectation of the Lord's return. In the book of Titus chapter 2, in fact, I, I think again, let's, let's look at this. I want you to see this with your own eyes. In Titus chapter 2 and verse number 12. Titus chapter 2 and verse number 12. We read, teaching us the denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, godly, in this present world. But notice the statement, looking for that blessed hope. That's speaking to his children. The blessed hope is this hope of the Lord's coming, the rapture, the trumpet sounding. We're to look for that, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. By the way, let me just throw in, that's a verse that proves the deity of Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is coming. It's the blessed hope of a child of God. This world is not my home. We're not to get tied to this world. Our anchor is not in this world. Our world is with the Lord Jesus Christ in His presence. 
Now go back with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. Uh, following that scripture that we read concerning Noah, the picture there of the rapture, we come to chapter 24 and God's word to His children in the context here. Uh, look with me in verse number 42. Matthew 24 and verse 42. He says to His children, Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Uh, probably none of you have ever had a thief call you and tell you, hey, I'm going to rob your house at 1 o'clock this morning. And you be ready with your gun because I don't want to be sneaky about this. I, I want you to catch me robbing your house. Have you ever had that happen? No. Uh, you've been broken into, and if that happened to you, the thief snuck in, didn't he? He came in. I've told the story. My wife and I were gone. This was years ago. And uh, we left, and we came home, and the door was opened, and uh, we thought that's weird, and we went and saw the back door was open, and we discovered that an old record player that did not work, we just had it because we didn't have much furniture, and we just put it there to have furniture, to have something that looked nice and didn't work, and they took that, and we were thankful. We would have paid them to take it, <laughs> but they took it. We, we didn't know when they would break into the house. Now, here's what the Bible is saying. Friend, you don't know when Jesus is coming back. But we know He's coming back. And we need to live in the expectation and the reality of His return at all times. He says, Watch therefore, you know not what hour your Lord doth come, but know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore... Be ye ready also, for such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. He's giving us that warning of being prepared, constantly looking for His return. I believe there are many truly saved that are going to be taken by surprise when Jesus comes. They're going to be ashamed going to be involved in things that they will be ashamed of at the return of Jesus Christ. I remember years ago that I was in a place that I knew was not a place where Christians should be. And all of a sudden the thought came to my heart that if Jesus came back right now, I would be ashamed. And I've often thought about this as maybe you listen to music or you watch something or you look at something on your phone. You ought to be prepared and understanding at any time, this may be the event, this may be the day, this may be the time when the trumpet will sound. And I don't want to be caught unaware, on alert. Now make something very clear. If you're saved, that's secure. That's never changing. You're sealed by the Spirit of God. You're sealed unto the day of redemption. But I believe there are many saved people, and Lot is an example of a saved man that was out of the will of God when Jesus came for him and destroyed his city. Uh, Lot was ashamed. Lot lost much reward, yet I believe Lot is in heaven today with Jesus Christ. So we need to be prepared at all times. Go to the book of 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1. Uh, all of 1 Thessalonians speaks of this coming event. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, examine with me verse number 10. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse number 10. 
And it reads to us to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. We are to live expectantly, waiting, watching. Now we read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, the promise of the rapture. Go to 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And it reads, But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need. He's writing to those that are saved. You have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. The world is crying today for peace and safety. In fact, it's this cry for peace and safety that's going to lead the world to the coming Antichrist. As the world cries for peace and safety, they're going to be taken by surprise. But ye, brethren, those that are saved, in verse 4, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. You're all the children of the light, the children of the day. We're not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God had not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Again, this warning to us. Be ready. Be prepared. Uh, let me give you one more scripture. First John. Not the Gospel of John, but First John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. Notice in verse number 1. First John chapter 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. But notice verse 3, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. See, it's this hope, this blessed hope, this thought of the rapture that ought to keep us focused upon living for Jesus and serving Jesus Christ. Back to Revelation chapter 4. And I'm going to close out here with this thought here. Revelation 4. In verse number 1, after this, John says, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was a word of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And we see that John was ushered to the presence of Jesus Christ. And remember, John was known as the beloved apostle. It's evident that John loved the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to give you this thought. See, John had been separated from the Lord now for years. He was an old man when he wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus has been in heaven now for years. And now John is ushered into the presence of Jesus. What an exciting thing. Here's John loving the Lord, John the Beloved, to behold Jesus on his throne, to see this one high and lifted up to witness people from every nation, every tribe, every tongue, praising the Lord Jesus Christ. What a day that was for John. And what a day that will be for the saints. This world grows darker and more glim and crazier day by day. And I believe the Lord teaches us this world is not our home. Like Abraham, we're looking for a city whose builder and maker is God. We're pilgrims and strangers here upon this earth. We look forward to being with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we wait for Him, 
Our job now is to live for Him, to love Him, to serve Him. Our job is to witness for Him, like Noah, witnessing to our generation that Jesus is coming back again. We've got only one life to live, and this life is soon going to be passed. And only what's done for Jesus is going to last. That's God's message to the saved. But as we think about the rapture for the lost, the preparation is you need to get saved. See, you're playing Russian roulette with your soul because these events are going to happen. We're witnessing the fulfillment before our very eyes. It's evident in Christ's messages to the seven churches. Again, go back to Revelation 2, verse 22. He says to the church and the lost in the church of Thyatira, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. To the church of Laodicea, Revelation 3, verse 20, he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's God's message today to anyone who's not saved. He stands at the door and he knocks. Jesus is coming back again. He's coming silently. He's coming unexpectedly. He's coming without warning. And no man knows that day, nor that hour. The trumpet is going to sound, and for those that are saved, like John, come up hither. Come to be with me. Come into my presence. Will you go? Will you be taken? Have you been born again? Do you know Jesus? And if not... My friend, the message to you today is you're going to be left behind unless you come to Jesus now. For those that are left behind, there's the tribulation, there's the antichrist, there's the mark of the beast, there's a time when no man can buy nor sell. That mark of the beast will be mandated. And no man can buy or sell except he have that mark of the beast. Are you ready for that time? Every head bowed.